1: I like that reading. I call myself a real alcoholic because I am. When I first heard that, uh, that was in 2007. I was uh, introduced to AA by the Los Angeles County Court System, <laughs> and was sent up to Warm Springs, which is in uh, Lake Castaic, for 180 days. And uh, when I first read that, uh, I was like, "Man, that that's that fits my description." You know, I've tried all of that and uh and all I ever wanted to do was drink and use like my brother, like my neighbor across the street, like my buddy around the corner, because whenever they drank and used, they didn't have the same uh uh consequences that I did, so once I got out of uh, Warm Springs in Los Angeles, I uh, went down that mountain fourteen miles and and just started living my life. You know, and, uh, working, drinking, just doing the things that I was, had normally been doing, you know? And, uh, I never really gave thought that, um, prior to that, the reason why I left the Bay Area to go to Los Angeles is because I was running. I was running for myself. Uh, I screwed up, a, a, a fantastic relationship and, uh, I didn't know what else to do but to run you know, so I ended up in LA and I've been back. I just moved back here, uh, about a year ago, you know, in two weeks I should have God willing one year sober, you know, and, uh, and, and the reason why I moved back home was to, um, to look after my, my mother and my father, my father is suffering from dementia. My mother had, was having these, these, uh, Heart attacks, you know, and the first thing I did when I got back, I picked up and I, I would, and I used. That's what I was doing down there. So it, it wasn't anything different, you know. When I got back here, and then I had some consequences that uh, ultimately brought me down to my knees, and I became desperate. And and I will never remember that. I will never forget that feeling that I had at that moment was that I got to do something different. This sucks. And I don't want to experience this pain again. And I, I grabbed my phone and I typed in AA. And I've been coming to meetings ever since. Um, like I said, I was desperate. Uh, I didn't want to feel. And I knew that. The answer was in AA, and and I remember going back up on that mountaintop and 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 people from H and I would come in and, and I would hear all these stories, you know, and identify with everybody. You know, because they said when I when I drank, I couldn't stop. That's what I remember. You know. Um my father was a hard drinker, and my mother is, was a moderate drinker and my brother is a hard drinker they can stop my father got sick from drinking and he stopped I went to the hospital to see him and the doctor was like we're only going to give him like three days maybe so I went to work that day I was working in San Francisco came back and he was gone. He wasn't in the hospital. I'm like, "Where's Mister Webster? You know?" I said, "Oh, he went home." And um, and 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 I went to his house, and he was outside cutting the grass. And and I never forget that. I was like, "Man, you know, this guy never went to church. He never done this. I don't know what he did, but he stopped." I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that, no matter what. As a result of of coming into AA. First thing I did, uh, I got a sponsor. I started working the steps. I started going to meetings every day. I became willing. I became willing to do whatever I was told to do or asked to do. And I just hung out with it, with you guys, you know. And it got better slowly. Um, then it got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. Um so 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 that's kind of like how things happen for me but I kind of like to stay in today because today I exhibited some art at this big art show out in Richmond I was a part of that it was about 3 to 500 people were, were there you know and 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 the only reason I was able to do that is because of AA cuz I've been uh sober I've been able to Uh, uh, work on on things that I want to work on, you know, and and that's a blessing. Um, I'm in a relationship that I got into when I was drinking. And now I'm at a point where, and this person is a normie and they can drink and I'm like, I don't like this relationship. I don't like being in this relationship. You know, and I'm trying to give it up. I'm trying to give it a go, but I'm just like, man, I don't know. You know, I really needed a meeting today. And um, so I could decompress, get focused, and and participate. You know, thank you, Matt, for asking me to to come because... I, if I didn't come to a meeting tonight, I would probably be in an argument, going back and forth, and, and, and just in that, that that tug and that pull, you know. Uh, and and I'm realizing that uh, I have to do what I have to do for me, you know. I can't please you, you know. I can't give you what you want on your terms all the time because I have to set up my own uh, board, you know. And um and and that's where I'm at, you know. Um uh I am working the steps. Uh, I'm almost at a point where I'm ready to take on the spot C because this program started from two guys talking to each other and this branched out to this worldwide thing as is way this really uh way beyond my comprehension and my explanation. All I know is that it works. And, 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 um, and I'm grateful for that, you know. Um, I'm gonna go home and, and write, write something out about the events today and, and get it off of my chest, you know. Get those thoughts off of my chest and my resentments. Um, because it's not, it's really easy for me to pick up a resentment, you know, if somebody's stepping on my toes, you know. And, and one of the things that AA has, AA has taught me is to stay out of my way. And I might be getting this wah, 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 <laughs> and, 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 and And I don't have to fight back. I could just, you know, just keep my mouth shut and just kind of let things, you know, just subside, you know. And, and, and I could maybe go and do some art or watch TV or eat some cake and ice cream or whatever. You know, but um uh, that's 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 what's going on with me, you know um I had a commitment for six months. I don't have a commitment right now uh I'm looking to expand my 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 my, my sober community and to build up on sober relationships, you know because it's really no use of me hanging out with normal people. You know, um, I really don't see any sense in that. Besides, if it's work or whatever, or, or whatever you know, but uh, I really would like to 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 broaden my 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 um my sober community, as I say, and 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 I'm I'm cool with that. I go to the first Friday functions and see how much fun people are having and 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 just the the camaraderie, and it's very very attractive to me. You know, it's very attractive to me, you know, and, um, and I, and I love it. I love it. I'm in love with hey. So, um, my time is up, right? Okay,
0: well.
1: Oh, I got one minute. Okay. I can go on for one more minute. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. uh I find out that, um, it has broadened up my my, my spiritual perspective, um, and that's very important. Um, I have a relationship with my higher power. God has truly restored me to sanity today. Um, I have a God of my own understanding, you know, and I'm currently in the fourth step, and and my list keeps expanding. And it keeps expanding, and my columns are getting wider and wider <laughs> and wider, and 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 it's okay because I've been around for for I've been walking the earth for a long time, and um and I get a chance to honestly see the uh, uh how I've harmed people, you know, you know the whole four step stuff, you know. So <clears throat> that's a blessing I have better relationship with my folks. My mother says. Uh, Michael. Uh, uh, it's time for you to get over and get to your class. You know, uh. so don't stop going to your classes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, Ma. Uh. You yeah, know, that's
0: cool.
1: <laughs> so, so thank you, Matt. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dee Dee. is enough for me. Thank you.
0: My name's Katie. I'm an alcoholic.
1: Hi, Katie.
0: I'm nervous. Don't Don't be. Well, okay. I (laughs) kind of never know how I'm going to feel when I get up here. Sometimes it... It's super easy breezy, and then other times I feel like my heart's going to beat out of my chest, which is currently how I'm feeling right now. I think because when you talk for longer, you're aware of maybe how much more honest you're going to have to get, because, um, you know, you got to drag out the details a little bit on some things, whereas, you know, with the shorter shares, I generalize a little bit more. Um, I'm honest with my sponsor, though. That's, that's what matters, but... Um, Thank you, Matt, for asking me to come chair. Um, this is actually the second time in a short period of time that I've been asked to share, and I feel like sometimes my higher power that I call the universe um, guides me and pushes me in directions and pushes people into my life and asks me to do things that um, are right on time. And um, I'm... I'm in a really good place now, but I think for me, I've learned that when life is going really well, that's when I need to make sure I'm, I'm diligently showing up to Alcoholics Anonymous, um, because I've seen it in other people where they get sober and life gets good and then all of a sudden, you know, can drift away and don't think they need AA so much and Thankfully, some of those people have made it back, and I've I've had to help bury some of those people too. So, um, and then you know I've experienced that myself. Periods of time where um, life's looked really good, gotten busy. I've got stuff to do. You know, I don't really feel like going to a meeting. I don't have time. Um, you know, and then and then I get really crazy. You know, so. Um, uh, I have a healthy level of fear today of that happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, thankfully, you know, one of the things I know to do is when I'm asked to do something, whether I feel like doing it or not, um, if I'm able to, my answer is yes. And I show up and I do that thing, um, in and outside of the rooms, you know, um, but definitely alcoholics on show up. Um, so, so let's see. Um, I start at the beginning. Um, I'm from the area. Grew up in San Leandro. Um, I'm one of five kids. uh, Irish Catholic family. So, you know, if you're one of those two, you get it. Um, (laughs) Although, oddly enough, growing up, my mom and dad were super chill with the drinking. I never really saw them drink much. Actually, they started drinking more once I stopped. Um, so I don't know if they abstained because they were afraid or didn't want to do it too much and encouraged little did they know what was going on outside of, of the home. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of something that, you know, my dad has a couple of glasses and he's like loopy. Um, my mom will sip a glass of wine and she's good. And that's only occasionally. So, um, Growing up, it wasn't something that was in front of my face. Um, But it's definitely in my family. So, um, and I didn't find this out till later, though. So Irish people also don't like to talk about things. Um, (laughs) uh, At least not everybody at one time. You know, it's like we have little side conversations. So so so-and-so knows this. You know that we're talking about this, but not everybody knows everything. Um, So it's in my family, but I didn't know about any of that until I started, you know, my parents started becoming more and more aware of what was actually going on with me. You know, they knew something was going wrong for a long time, but didn't know what. And then, you know, first time I came home drunk in a blackout, my mom had to walk me up the stairs and put me to bed. She shared with me that that's what she had to do with her mother when she was younger. And that was the first time I had ever heard of, you know, what a bad drunk my grandma was. Um, I had never met her. She died before I was born. Um, so it was never something around me, nothing. I I was never aware of it. Um, but I was very aware of my unique place in the family so being one of five kids, uh, and I'm the fourth in line and my brother, who's technically the middle child is the only boy. So he got favored a lot. So I kind of got the middle child syndrome too. Um, older siblings didn't want to hang out with me. And then eventually came my younger sister whose presence I resented immediately. Um, cause I liked being the younger one. So I didn't want to hang out with her. Um, So a lot of middle child stuff too, like give me attention, doing all sorts of things, acting out to try to get that attention, um, all of that stuff. Um, also something that started when I was really young, um, was this incredibly, um, intense level of fear about everything, um, very much the worry wart, although I have diagnosed panic and anxiety disorder now. But um, worried about everything, so I never wanted my parents to leave the house, and because I was always afraid something was going to happen to them. That's still one of my obsessions now. Something happening to my to my parents. Um, growing up, I, I never wanted them to leave. Um, you know, I was always afraid of this happening, that happening. What if? You know, so just constant constant fear. Um, and not of necessarily what was happening in that moment, but what could happen, what might happen. Um, so just let's say I had a lot going on up here, uh, from a very early age and there's a lot of kids. So, you know, there's only so much time and energy parents can give when they're trying to, and my dad worked his butt off so that we could all get, Get educations. Um, you know, we definitely didn't have a lot of money, but I never, um, you know, we never went hungry. We lived a very comfortable home. You know, all of that stuff. Um, but it was kind of easy to get lost in the shuffle, which became very convenient when I started drinking. That you know, there would be a few, a few days where they wouldn't know I was at my friend's house, and I'd call them, and they'd be like, "What? You're not upstairs?" Um, I was like. No, I'm not, but glad you know. Um, so, yeah, but but growing up, I didn't appreciate that so much. Um, so, kind of to fast forward from childhood to t- the glorious teenage years. Um, it's a lot of time of uh, living in my own head, being afraid, um, acting out. And getting into trouble, feeling bad about myself, (laughs) vowing to never do it again, but of course, never doing it again. So all of that stuff, all of those behaviors started long before I ever started drinking and and really acting out. Um, So by the time that came around, um, it was pretty mellow at first, you know, Um, it was... Kind of like just sneaking drinks off the tables at family things, and I was around fifteen, so kind of a late bloomer compared to some of my friends, too. Um, I was afraid of it actually for a while, Um, but then you know once I started being curious about it, you know taking the sips off the tables, um, taking you know taking hits off the box wine in the downstairs fridge, you know when my parents had parties. just getting a nice little buzz. That was my first introduction into it, and that's what I liked. I didn't come out the gates wanting to get all effed up, and I'm trying not to curse them in front of a little. <laughs> I'm really trying. Um, uh, I didn't. I didn't like come out guns blazing. I felt that buzz, that kind of just like ah, that you first feel where you can breathe. And that's what I wanted. That's all I wanted was to shut this off, but the still to be able to function at some level. Um, and I was able to choose that at first. Um, you know, so casually just drinking as opportunities came up, but then, um, you know, more and more (laughs) as high school went on, kind of actively seeking it out, doing the weekend party thing. Um, and then like, really starting to see what was starting to happen to me um, when I got drunk. And the answer to that was I never knew. So a lot of times I was um, I was the fun girl. Like people didn't know who I was before I started, you know, going to the high school parties. And then all of a sudden I was there and I was getting drunk and I was super fun and I was getting all this positive feedback like, oh, where has this girl been? Like I remember vividly getting asked that by, by some of the more popular kids and going like, well, I don't know, but you know, here now, like, let's go. (laughs) Um, so I loved, I loved that, that kind of attention that I would get from it. Um, again, that's, that's when, you know, in the beginning I kind of had a little bit more control, but, um, pretty quickly uh, I started to lose control over what would happen when I would drink. Um, so like I said, I started when I was around 15 um, and my sobriety date is January 2nd of 2006. So thankfully I just celebrated 14 years. Um, so pretty short stint in uh, my drinking career from 16 to just before I turned 22. And and in that time, um, you know, it was the quintessential fun fun with problems and then really just problems at the end um, more and more of those weekend parties turned into um just like going to the mall and i'm gonna get drunk and like oh, i had no idea how much fun shopping was when you're drunk <laughs> like why am i not doing this all the time this is awesome um <laughs> you know and um and then more and more when I would set out to drink with the intention of just like being chill, casual, having a good time. I got to work in the morning, you know, <laughs> to then starting and winding up in East Oakland and not knowing where I am or who I've spent the night with and, you know, what's happened. Um sometimes i was really fun and then sometimes i was fighting with or trying to fight um not really not really much of a fighter but you know starting stuff with and it was guys like twice my size too because i just didn't think they would do anything but Some of them do. Um, So, you know, you never, and then, or fighting with my best friends or trying to steal somebody's boyfriend or crying on the bathroom, screaming about how much I hate myself. Like just never, never knew what I was going to get. And, but couldn't see then that that was my alcoholism really starting to manifest. It's just like, you don't know what's going to happen once you start. I didn't know how much I was going to drink and I didn't know what was going to happen when I drank. And I was starting to get consequences pretty quickly. You know, like I said, um, winding up in places with people who, you know, really, honestly, I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> you, you black out and you spend time with people who don't care about your well-being. God knows what happens to you. So um, thankfully, nothing that I'm aware of uh, too horrible happened to me. But, you know who knows? And that's unfortunately one of the things that I've got to accept about what it looks like out there. Um, but, um, yeah. And you know, the, the fear and anxiety and all of that that I had experienced since childhood, I mean how bad that got, I didn't, I didn't know I could feel that scared all the time. I didn't know I could feel that, um, depressed and that hopeless about my life at such a young age, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at this age where people are deciding what college they're going to go to or what major they're going to decide on, or, you know, what career choice they're going to make when they, when they leave college, you know, making choices about their future. Um, and I was just really trying to survive in my own skin for a day. Um, which was hard. That's about all I could, all I could do. I tried, you know, I, I made attempts at going back to school and then of course, inevitably dropping out because going to class, who's got time for that? You know, I had people see things to do. Um, and it's really hard to show up when you're, when you're like a zombie. Um, so, you know, I made attempts at, pulling my life together, trying to do something with myself. Um, but all of those things were just trying to put band-aids on the problem. Like, let me fix my outside so that maybe I won't feel so shitty about myself and I won't want to do these harmful things. Um, maybe I won't feel so badly about myself and maybe I won't, continuously feel like I'm just an absolute failure in the eyes of my parents. Um, you know, they, I knew always thank you that I was loved and that they wanted the best for me, but it was really, really hard for me to feel like I could be who I was. Um, because I just felt like, and I knew, and I really wasn't at all. Um, Measuring up is kind of a harsh way to put it, but yeah, measuring up to what they thought uh, or how they thought I would turn out, how they thought any of us were turned out. I mean, my parents have their stuff, every family does, but like I come from a pretty lovely, loving, balanced household and like here I am just a wreck and it didn't make sense to anybody. It didn't make sense to me, you know, um, my siblings also have their stuff, but for them, mo- like none of them have drinking or drug problems, which also came into the mix. Uh, if that's a problem for you to hear, um, you should talk to your sponsor. If you don't have one, this is why you have a sponsor to talk to about stuff that makes you feel resentful. Um, so I started um, started doing drugs. That that came into the mix, you know, because we need something else to. Um, When one thing isn't working anymore, it's not working how you want it to, then, you know, I had to start doing something else, right? So um, having a panic anxiety disorder and taking uppers is a really bad idea. I don't know why I thought that that's what I would try, but I did. Um, And it was fine when I was on it, and I'm all happy and, you know, chatting with everybody, but... The come down from, from that stuff is just uh, like the depths of the sorrow and despair that I felt um, was just, man, that, that's what really sped up my bottom. So even though I have a pretty short time span from when I started to when I came into AA, um, you know, you can identify with the feelings, those feelings that we've all felt when we know we need to make a big change. Um, completely hopeless, hopeless, um, wanting to change, wanting to be different, trying everything that I could, you know, changing brands, you know, not doing it this day, not hanging out with that person, whatever, trying to take, you know, what the psychiatrists were prescribing to me, which I'm in favor of, but like, they don't work if you're still drinking and doing other stuff on, right? So, um, all of that stuff, um... Like nothing, nothing worked and I couldn't see what the problem was. Um, so add in this other stuff. And then, you know, I had to add in the downers to help me like chill the out. Um, and that's when I really started to see that I was going to die if I kept coming, because that's when I, when I went there to those, to those things and mixing it with, with other stuff, of course, because why not? Um, and I felt that complete zombie feeling where I'm just numb and I can, I can't even talk like that's how just out of it. That's what I wanted. And I would have eventually gone to great lengths to continue to feel that or to not feel, uh, by that means. So, um, so when I finally came to Alcoholics Anonymous, it was kind of, um, again, like this continuous cycle of trying to fix my outsides so that I felt okay on the inside. I had a brief stint with Kaiser CDRP, but like I, it, was, it was all people twice my age and like they would have me fill out questionnaires about how much I wanted to drink or use and all this. I was just like, oh, I can't, I can't with this. So I just stopped going. Um, sought therapy, which was great. Um, but I thought that would fix me and it, it didn't, but what it got me to do was to talk more about how much I was drinking, how often, like how I felt all of those things. So, um, so eventually like continuing, continuing therapy, um, I was spending a lot of time with a friend who thankfully for me was also hitting her bottom at the same time. Um, we were each other's bottom buddy. Um everyone's gotta have a bottom buddy. Um and thankfully she wanted to get sober too when she hit that bottom. So we were having one of our nights, just she and I, and her kids sleeping upstairs, having our own little party. And um you know, I just blurred out that I think I'm an alcoholic. And and today I kind of see that as a window of opportunity from power greater than myself to do something that like in my head I can't rationally think of why I, I did that at that time this person, but, um, but I did. And, um, well, she knew people in Alcoholics Anonymous. I had heard of AA, didn't really know what it was, but, um, you know, it's obviously a place where people go if they have a problem with drinking. And I definitely like had a problem drinking, um, not drinking. Um, so, so I, I share this with her and she goes, Oh, okay, cool. Like I know some people I'll get you in contact with them. Like we can go to a meeting. It's like, okay, cool. You know, I've got my bottom buddy going with me to a meeting. We go to a speaker meeting. And I don't, I don't know what was said at all, but like I went, um, and my bottom buddy decides that she wants to get sober, like really, and wants to go to another meeting the next day. I'm like, all right, I'll go if you go. You know, I wouldn't go on myself again, but I'll go if you go. So we went to a meeting the next night and, and I actually felt something in that meeting. It was a... That meeting was a Sunday night, Castro Valley Transfiguration. I mostly go to meetings in Castro Valley. Sunday night Transfiguration meeting, and um, and I spoke, and I didn't know what would happen speaking up as a newcomer <laughs> because then afterwards, all these people want to talk to you um, and give you their phone numbers and tell you to do stuff. Um, now I get it, and it's great, you know. But at the time. I didn't know what I was in for when I came to AA. I was like, okay, I'm miserable, and I, I haven't tried this. I've tried a lot of things, but I haven't tried this. So, okay, let's do it. Um, So that was November of 05, is my sobriety date, is January 2006. So, you know. I kept coming to meetings, right, but uh I was still twenty one at this time, so one foot in, one foot out, kind of a deal. I was hanging out with the old crowd, still you know, but I was just, guys, I'm just not drinking, I'm just not drinking, I didn't really want to change anything. I wanted to be out of misery, but didn't really want to change anything so um but I kept coming to meetings, so this is a testament to keep coming back right because I continued to go to meetings, <coughs> didn't get a sponsor. Um, those numbers that people gave me, like, I don't like calling people I know rather, you know, <laughs> let alone people who <laughs> I don't know. So, um, so that didn't happen either. Um, I kept coming to meetings, kept hanging out with the old friends and, you know, eventually obviously if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. So, um, I'm with those old friends. I somehow convinced myself you can do drugs and Alcoholics Anonymous, you cannot. Um, <laughs> any mood or mind-altering substance um, that I'm taking to not feel like can't do it. Um, and I knew that, but, you know, we're so good at lying to ourselves, right? You know, I could convince myself and still sometimes can if I let myself get sick enough uh, convince myself of anything. So, so I did that. I was ashamed. Didn't want to tell anybody. Almost got my 90 day chip. Um, and I had another one of those nights with my bottom buddy who kept going to meetings and I've never called her my bottom buddy before. And I've got to tell her now that that's what I'm calling her in my story. Now. Um, it's great. And when we share, we tell each other's story because she's still sober today too. Um, and, and it just gave me chills. um, because thank God for that. I don't know that I would have kept coming back if I didn't have somebody who was saying, okay, let's go to this meeting together or let's meet there. Let's keep going. Um, I don't know. Um, thankfully I did, but, um, you know, we had another one of our nights only this time, you know, there's no other stuff. We're just actually, you know, talking about our feelings because we've learned that's an important thing to do. Um, And I hadn't told her yet that I had, that I had used, and I was keeping this, this, this little secret, you know, and it felt so, it felt so, like, I don't know, like, I was a pretty secretive, deceptive person, and, It never really bothered me that much. Like, it bothered me when I got caught. But, like, just actively keeping a secret never bothered me that much. But for some reason, just coming to Alcoholics Anonymous for a certain amount of time kind of ruined the whole, like, keeping secrets thing for me. Um, Because I got honest with her. And, I I, like, she wasn't choking me against a wall telling me to tell her the truth. Like, I felt guilt. And I felt... um, that feeling of, oh, if you don't change, if you don't get honest, like, you're going to wind up right right back where you were. And I think your life's going to stay the same. And I knew that I did not want my life to stay the same. I, I knew that. Um, so I got honest with her, and I told her what I did. And, of course, I was met with love and compassion, like, and a thank you for being honest with me. Um, so I changed my sobriety date. And I have not done Alcoholics Anonymous perfectly since. But um, thankfully, from from then on, um, I've learned a lot from the mistakes that I've made in early sobriety and the mistakes that I continue to sometimes make today. Thankfully, um, I don't let myself get into too much pain before I make the change that I know I need to make. But, you know, I still... I'm still me. Right. So, um, always a work in progress. Um, I got a sponsor, which is pretty important for me. Um, somebody who, uh, I wanted what she had. Um, and what that meant to me was, um, like she was cool. She was a real cool girl. Uh, so that was appealing, but she also like the way that she talked about Alcoholics Anonymous, and the way that she talked about a relationship with a higher power, um, and the way she talked about how she got those things, and um, just all of that—like I heard her speak in a meeting, and it was just like, yeah, that—that's what I want to be able to say and mean it you know? Um, and, and so we got to work and, and before that I had, I had tried a few different sponsors and you know, you get, it's a relationship that you get what you put into it. And and not everybody's going to necessarily feel like that perfect match and like, Oh, this person's been sent by God to me. But, um, but you know, I, I got to work and I did some work. And then when I did come across that person that felt like they were meant for me, um, then that's when life really, really changed um, because I felt like, oh, I can be totally, completely, 100% honest with this person. And, um, and that's essential. I need to have at least one person in my life that I'm willing to do that with. Um, so um, worked with that sponsor for about five years, and she's still one of my best friends today. Um, I ended up changing sponsors because it kind of became one of those relationships where I felt like, I just need my friend. Like I just need to talk to my friend. I don't want you to sponsor me. I just I just want my friend. Uh, it's the best way I can describe it, although you know, I still would call her in a sometime and put her into a sometimes a sponsorish role. Uh, and she can't help but sponsor me. But, um, but I worked the steps out of a big book with, um, with a woman who we've been working together since like 2012. Um, and she, she's the most amazing woman. I just, I love her. She has saved my life in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous because I have felt in these rooms, stark raving sober, like, um, like I've needed my life to be saved. Um. I've had really, really high highs. Um, at the time, they were high highs, like getting married. That felt like a high high. And then eventually <laughs> came the time where it was a low low. And uh, we are no longer together. Um, and through all of it, I had the people in Alcoholics Anonymous because when it was a high high, I was surrounded by people who loved me and supported me. Um, and made that a very special day. And then when they found out, when I finally, you know, shared who she really was and, um, what that relationship actually looked like and that it was unraveling and coming apart. Um, and that, and then subsequently feeling like my life was falling apart. Um, I had the people t- in Alcoholics Anonymous, my chosen family to carry me through. Um, and it was, it was extremely difficult to behave well. Um, but I did. And that's a miracle. So and today, those are the things that ultimately matter to me. Um, Life changing on the outside is a really great thing. Um, Getting some levels of success personally, professionally, all that's well and good, but being able to look at something really difficult that I went through and not just stay sober, but feel like I behaved pretty well. Like that's, that says something. That's a testament to, um, the work that we do here because it's quitting drinking or putting it down is really the start. And then come the steps and then come the work that we're asked to do. We're not required to do anything. Um, But I wanted to change, right? And I want to continue to change. So I continue to do the work. Um, And so then when those situations come up, the high highs, I don't feel like I need to make them better with, you know, something else. Um, And then the low lows, I don't, I know that I don't need to numb the pain. I know that, um, and I've had to practice one minute, one hour at a time, like I've never had to practice it, uh, drinking, like sober, having to practice that principle of just, I'm in so much pain, um, that I don't know what to do with myself, but I can do that for just another hour. I can, I can get through and I know I'll be okay. And then once that hour passes, like, okay, I just went through an hour feeling like this. I can do another one. Um, because it's, it's, I didn't, really fully appreciate how or I didn't I wasn't aware of how intense my my panic and anxiety could could get until I got sober right so fun fun little um treat to to come across there um it's taken me to some really dark places in sobriety I've like paced the room at three in the morning wondering if I need to commit myself because I'm just so I felt so powerless over my own mind um, and that was only a couple of years ago. Uh, I was going through something really intense that didn't have an immediate solution. I couldn't snap my fingers and make that go away. I had to see through it and there was a lot to be afraid of, you know? Um, so faith to me is not the absence of fear. Faith is what faith and faith in whatever you want to call it, but faith is what gets me through the fear. Um, So having this expectation that I should never be afraid, like, I think that's totally unreasonable. (laughs) Like, um, of course, I'm going to be afraid. But having faith in a power greater than myself, which is a concept that continues to evolve and change. um, And I like that, you know, I was raised with what I was told God was and I get to choose whatever that is. And I just use God because it's easy and convenient, but call it whatever you want to. Um, and I developed that relationship through working the steps and through, um, continuing to do the things that I'm asked to hear. So I am sponsored actively and I sponsor other people. Um, and that's been a gift. Like few people have made it all the way through the steps and that's so awesome to be a part of. Um, And I'm of service. Um, and that looks like a lot of different things. It's having a commitment at a meeting, but it's also like picking up the phone when somebody calls or me picking up the phone and asking how somebody else is doing, like, uh, getting outside of myself because, um, I can still be so (coughs) selfish and self-centered and, um, I need to be thinking of other people because the last thing I need to like constantly be worried about is, is myself, like how I'm doing. Like I'm fine. Um, and continue to come to meetings. You know, life has, it's gotten busy and good, but, um, you know, even though I've had to change how many meetings I go to and when and where, um, one thing I know that I've done is I've, I've consistently showed up. Um, and I have friends from all walks of life, all all sorts of different places, but it kind of happened naturally that the majority of my friends are fellow recovering alcoholics and, um, just like we get each other. So the things that I'm thinking in my head and can say out loud, (laughs) you guys all laugh and like, you get it, you know, it's, Like You say that to to people who are not like us, and they're like, (laughs) okay, so I'm like, okay, so we're not being that honest in this relationship, that's good to know, good to know. Um, Yeah, so uh, my life, uh, God, it doesn't get perfect. And it's far from easy a lot of the time, but it's more than I ever could have imagined for myself. And I was a truly, I've been a truly, truly hopeless person. And so now today to be in a place where I'm like, okay, not everything's ideal in my life, but for the most part, like when I get asked, like I saw a bunch of family today. And so, you know, you get a lot of, so how's life going? And generally I despise that question. Um, But I was actually kind of excited to answer it today because I felt I feel pretty good about where I'm at in life, Um, and I'm optimistic. Like that's still sometimes a nice feeling to feel. (laughs) Um, And yeah, this program uh, it it totally it saved my life, and um, I never ever want to take it for for granted. It's like I said, um, you know, I know people who have come in, gone time, gone out, thankfully come back. But there have been a few people in the last few years who I was pretty close to who, who went out and didn't wake up and they didn't intend to die. You know, they just took one too many, um, did a little bit too much of that and they didn't wake up. And, um, and that's the, you know, so I try to bring a message of hope, but also like this will kill us. So, um, So I'm gonna continue to come back, and um, I hope you do too. I think.